welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. feeling great, great to preach. Well, we have our very last in the series on Genesis today. We've been preaching about Genesis, all the beginnings, very exciting. And today is the very last day on Genesis and I'm preaching on Joseph. So I'm excited to be preaching on Joseph. This is from Genesis 30, chapter 37 to chapter 50. So, you know, there's quite, quite a lot of <laughs> chapters to cover in one, in one message. So I'm not going to really go into detail on the entire story of Joseph. If you want to read all about Joseph, go to, chap- go to the end of Genesis and read his amazing story. But it begins with Joseph being a son of Jacob. I actually like Joseph, by the way, as of last week. Pastor Keith wasn't so keen on Jacob. But Joseph was the son of Jacob and Joseph had a dream. Jacob loved Joseph. He gave him his fancy coat. He was, he was, the, he was basically the favoured son. But Joseph had a dream. And in this dream, all his brothers, and then eventually had another dream with his dad, mum and dad as well, bowed down to him essentially. And Joseph shared this dream with his brothers. And his brother's comment about him was, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. So I want to talk a little bit about Joseph and his dream and dreaming with God. I actually had a whole different message. And then on Friday, I went for a walk with God and he changed my entire message. So this is Mark 2. Joseph, the dreamer. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7. Joel said, afterward, it will come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. So here we have a man, Joseph, who dreamt. And here we have some amazing scriptures where God says, what do you want? And Joel says, your old men will dream dreams. It's one thing for young people to dream dreams. Young people always want to do something, don't they? I talk to my kids, what do you want to be? You know, you ask them, they want to be all sorts of wonderful and exciting things and they say the cutest things. I've got one little point, I ask them at all different points, my kids. I remember at one point I asked them, what do you want to be? And Hudson said, I want to be a soldier and a pastor. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. And uh, Luke said, I said, Luke, what do you want to be? And Luke said, I want to be a soldier and a pastor because Luke was little and he was copying his big brother. So <laughs> that's kind of cute too because there's something in there. And then uh, Bethany wanted to be a teacher and Eleanor said, at that point, I want to be a meteorologist, which, <laughs> which is a classic Eleanor because what that actually says is, I've just w- learnt the word meteorologist. She was probably like four or something and I'm going to use that word. So actually that says something about Eleanor as well because... <laughs> What child wants to be a meteorologist, you know? Like, but you just, you know, when you're young, you, you dream, don't you? What, what do you want to be? But Joel says your old men will dream dreams. Old men. Old men get old and crusty and it's all over now. There's nothing much happening for me anymore, you know? 
a lot of old grumpy men get grumpy. But, but look, I, I've got this other. I was looking through my kids' quotes, honestly. I was laughing my head off. And um, this, is, this is Bethany's opinion of old people. So um, Bethany said, eight, age eight. I can't wait till I'm a teenager because I'll be groovy. I'm groovy now, but I'll be even groovier. And then dad, uh, Chris said, what happens when you get old? Well, you just get ugly. Dad, well, I'm 40. Am I ugly? No, no, you're normal. You're normal in your 40s and you're still groovy in your 20s. In your 30s, you're between normal and groovy. What about over 50? Over 50, you're ugly. Right. Over 50, you're ugly. So... uh, I'm actually over 50 now, so thanks, Beth. <laughs> but it's just interesting, isn't it? When you're young, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we've got dreams, we're happening. And then you start to get sort of, then you get normal looking, but then you get ugly. And I kind of think, you know, she's got a point. I don't think she's got a point about the age so much, but about the attitude. Some people over 50 really are ugly because they're not dreaming. They're not dreaming anymore. And I want to encourage you, if you're young, to dream, 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 dream. And if you're old, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. I love it. Bernice said, we've got dreams. You know, we've still got dreams. I loved it. You said, but we just trust God. Keep dreaming. It says your old men dream dreams. Just keep going. Never stop dreaming. Cherish your youthful dreams. If you're older and if you're young, dream away. Joseph was a dreamer. We are not puppets on a string, guys, when it comes to God. There is the sovereign will of God. God has a plan, that's for sure. But it's so interesting because he does work with our desires and dreams. There's some kind of alchemy, if you like, some kind of amazing mixture. The the Bible says that the entrance into his kingdom is narrow, and it is indeed. It's narrow. It's about... It's about recognising sin. It's about laying down your life and and entering into the kingdom through one way only, and that's Jesus' way. But once you're in the kingdom, it's it's big. It's, it's, It's eternally, enormously big, big, big. Once you're in there, we can just dream. And as you seek God, it's amazing how big you can be. It's amazing what can happen. And I want to encourage you to to dream with God, to to keep dreaming with God and to keep being like Joseph. Just be a dreamer. Just be a dreamer. And I was thinking about all the different kinds of dreams. There's night dreams. And it doesn't say that God gave him a vision. It wasn't like a a God thing with angels. It was just like, well, I dreamt this. I, I wonder how much, I mean, we know that God had a plan, but how much of it was just a dream? You shouldn't take notice of your dreams. If I ever have a dream and I remember my dream, I write it down and then I pray about it. And I've had people in the church come and they've actually had a night dream. They said, what does this mean? And I pray about it and God tells me what it means. So we can interpret dreams, but you can have daydreams. You can have visions. You can have plans. You can have ideas, prophecies. You can just be creative. This is all part of dreaming. It's all part, my husband is just the man with the plan, honestly. I wake up in the morning, he goes, babe, what do you want to do today? I thought we could do this, this and this and this. And then tomorrow we could do this. Next year and I'm just like, oh, hi, babe. Just give me a cuddle. Like, you know, let's just, (laughs) he's just, let's go. That's that's dreaming. That's, That's a form of dreaming. Like our, we all have different kind of ways with dreaming. 
So let's just dream, 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 dream. I've written here, we shouldn't try to be the best in the world. We should try to be the best for the world. I think that there is a place as Christians where we have to, we're in the kingdom, our dreams have to be in the kingdom. They have to be in the, prin- in the, the principles of the kingdom. You know, obviously if you're, you're dreaming about sin, well, that's, you know, that's outside. You're, you're going back out through the narrow gate there. You're, you're, you're back out into a different place. And our dreams are not of fame and fortune. I, it, it may be that that's not necessarily legitimate because the kingdom is about having a, an, an ambition to serve God and to please him and bring glory to him. And that's about humble service. So on the one hand, I say, just dream away. But on the other hand, just remember that in the, we're dreaming in the kingdom and our number one dream is just Jesus, just to know him, just to be like him. And when that's our number one dream and when that's our heart's desire and when we, when we know that you're my inheritance, like what, what is my inheritance? It's him. Then from that, from that place, other dreams come that are, that are legitimate and that may be random and strange and you know, bits and pieces and not necessarily that important. But when you get, when you get the kingdom right, then the other, the other dreams sort of all, it all falls into place and it's very exciting. So dream away. Jacob's, Joseph's dream wasn't particularly special, really. Like we sort of, oh, was in, you know, Joseph the dreamer. But basically he just dreamt that he was going to be more successful than his brothers and sisters. I mean, there's probably a lot of brothers, a lot of us dream that. <laughs> I'm better than you lot, you know, especially when you've got 16 of them. Like, <laughs> must have been a bit of competition there. So, I mean, it wasn't, um, in his particular instance, it wasn't particularly uh, specific. It wasn't particularly noble. It was just, it was sort of an, a simple kind of dream. I think I'm just going to be ahead of you guys. You guys are going to, and you're going to know about it. So, you know, it, 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 we can have a simple but beautiful dream. I, I can remember just wanting to be a mum. That's a simple dream and maybe doable in some ways, but it's amazing. It's a wonderful dream. It's a fantastic dream. So don't dismiss dreams that are just simple like that. Like you might say, oh, well, you know, Joseph was the man with the dream. It's like, well, yeah, just he wanted to be better than his brothers and sisters. He's not even how or where. And as a matter of fact, we just to skip to the end of the story, Joseph was a public servant. He worked for the government, you know. <laughs> it's not like he was some amazing prophetic man of God. I mean, he was just in there, you know, working the numbers and working with the government. So maybe that's your dream and that's great. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like... It, it's funny in God because something can be amazingly spiritual and magnificent, but it can also be incredibly normal. And they go together. Being a mum or a dad is just the most wonderful, amazing, spiritual, incredible event you can have, but it's also quite normal. So on the one hand, dream big and enormous, but don't think your dreams are kind of nothing because it's like, well, I just wanted to be a mum when I grew up. That's amazing. That's a Joseph dream right there. Be flexible. That dream, I, I want you to bow down to me. In what sphere? He didn't really know. You know, we've got to have a certain element of flexibility. I always remember um, one time I went to America and uh, I, I know that watches were cheap in America. So I said to Linda, who I was friends with at the time, who I don't know where she is, she's gone, but um, we're still friends. Oh, there she is. I thought you were with the kids. Um, I said, I'll buy your watch if you like in America. What sort of watch do you want? She said, she told me what she wanted. I'm like, okay, I'll buy your watch. So I got to, to America, went into Neiman Marcus, and I saw this 
fabulous blue watch. I mean, that is Linda. That is so Linda. It was blue with sparkles. I went, it's Linda. But, um, but I remember, but I was like, oh, she wanted, she was very particular. She wanted numbers, not just lines. And I think this only had sort of 12, 3, 9, 6, whatever, you know, and it didn't, ha and it, it didn't have enough numbers. So I, I think I texted her. I said, it, it doesn't have all the numbers, just some of them. She said, no, not one of them all. And I can remember thinking, oh, this is such a great watch for Linda, but it's just not exactly what she wants. And I was disappointed. I remember looking, and it was even, it was on sale. It was like half price. I was like, well, okay. And then I, the rest of America never saw a watch even close to what she wanted. So I didn't borrow a watch. Came home. I said, sorry, no watch. Couldn't find what you wanted. She went, yeah. She was like, I was like, yeah. And then she went, you should have bought me that watch. I went, I know. I know. It was your watch. It was half price. It was blue. It was, it was sparkly. It was your watch. And you didn't want it because you wanted little numbers. Who cares? You couldn't even read it now anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? doesn't matter if it's got numbers or lines. It's just a blur once you get over 50 because, you know, we're so ugly. But, um, <laughs> you know, so you kind of like have your dreams but just hold them loosely. Don't, you know, be – it's weird. Like be specific. Don't be specific. Be both. You, you just, it's, this is a spiritual world we live in. Don't be too fussy. Make a list, have a dream. Be like Joseph and have a dream. Dream with God, be fun, be real, be creative, enjoy yourself. Write a list. So here, I've got a lot of different places where I dream and I did this one time and I want you all to do it. Obey your pastors. Did you know that the Bible says to obey your pastors? I don't say that very often. I think I might say it a bit more now that I'm over 50. So obey your pastors and write, do this. You can do it in your phone because then you'll be with you. I've got it in my iPad and it's called a good list. And this was just a really simple way to dream because I think we can get a bit complicated. And I, I copied this from Bill Johnson. He did this. He did exactly this. He said, I've got a good list here. And, right, I'm calling it a good list. And he just wrote down things that he wants to do. So I've just written some things here. I want to be like Jesus. I want to please God. I want to hear directly, clearly, regularly your sweet voice. That's my dream. I want to obey so quickly, so completely and so totally. I want to raise someone from the dead. Done that. I remember writing that down thinking, well, that's, wow, let's just write it down. I want to see someone in the Southwick family saved. <laughs> Just one, just one. I've got one. Now I want to see more. I want to see one of my school friends saved. I want to see more signs and wonders. I've written anything. <laughs> I want to do a prayer retreat. I want to have a more beautiful character. I want to go to Denmark again. I want to go to Queenstown. Yay. I want to go to Fiji. I want to go to the Cook Islands. So I just wrote down all these places. I thought, oh, I'll just keep writing. Where, what do I want to do? And just write and just think, I want to go horse riding. I want to go to Barangaroo. I want to, um, I want to get new curtains in my bedroom. I want to buy a Chris Dewar painting. <laughs> I want to have a great watch. I want, so just, just, I want to see an albatross. I mean, you know, like, just dream. There's a white slate in front of you. Do you want to see an albatross? Maybe not, but what do you want to see? Just dream. I haven't seen an albatross yet, but I'm going to see an albatross one day. And I'll be very excited. I want to encourage you to dream and, and write a list just like that. And just start. If you, if you don't know where to start, just start I want, somewhere in Australia that you want to visit. 
I, I had Barangaroo. I mean, you know, it's in Sydney. It's not that hard to go to, but I'd never been. I want to do it. Start to dream. So Joseph is dreaming away and he tells his brothers and uh, I guess sisters. I don't know. It doesn't mention sisters, but he tells them and, you know, he's probably more of a, a dreamer than a politician because <laughs> they didn't like it. So now I'm going to look at some dream destroyers. Dream destroyers. Life will destroy your dreams. So the first dream destroyer I've got here, they say here comes the dreamer when he came up to visit them. They were out in the fields and they didn't like him so they decided to kill him. This is a dream destroyer to get killed but more to the point, they didn't end up killing him. Reuben, good on you Reuben, said the eldest brother said, well let's not kill him, let's just, let's just sell him as a slave. Let's just sell him into child slavery. This is called a dream destroyer, betrayal. Family betrayal, break your heart. It's the worst thing ever. It's the worst thing because the best thing is love and the best thing people that can love you are your own family. So when your family betrays you, it's just, it just rips your heart. And we've been there every I don't. I just think it's part of life that there is someone, whether it's a, a child, a mother, a father, a, a, a terrible divorce, a, a pain and estrangement, betrayal is just... Awful, 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 awful. And it's not just awful because it puts you in a bad position. It, it, it kills your dreams because it, it kills your heart. So you've got to figure out how to get through this. It's, it's brutal, but it happens. And it, it's a dream destroyer. And how can we talk of dreams when there's this sadness of betrayal? And this is the great lessons of Joseph is where do you go when you just you talk about dreams not coming true. It was literally the exact opposite of his dream. Not, his brothers are not bowing down to him. His brothers have sold him as a slave, told his dad he's dead. He is, he's out of their life altogether as a slave. So Joseph finds himself as a slave. This is not where he wanted to be. This is not the dream at all. And, but Genesis 39.2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. So what do you do when your dream is delayed, when it seems as if I've now got the opposite of my dream? You keep serving the Lord and you keep trusting God. That's what you do. You just go, right, not what I was planning, but I'm just going to serve God right here and I'm going to trust God. So you take that precious dream and you don't throw it away and you don't smash on it and you don't get angry with God. Just pop it on the shelf there. Just, I'll just put that on the shelf. And here I am. I'm going to trust God. I don't get it, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to serve. And Joseph served and worked hard. And he was a great slave. He was a really good slave. So he did, he did what he had to do. And, you know, God allows us to go through these crazy times. To You know, it's discipline. It's tough times. And you know, why he does. It builds resilience. It builds strength. You know, Luke played rugby. Sorry, kids, you're in for it today, aren't you? They're all kind of like, oh, mum. <laughs> Bless you. They're not giving me nice looks at the moment. So. Um, Luke played a, I'm not sure, was it one season or two seasons of rugby where they did not win a single game? Was it one or two? Two. For two entire seasons of rugby, Luke's team didn't win a single game. They, they just weren't big enough and strong enough. They weren't terrible, but they just couldn't, you know, sometimes you just don't win. 
And, you know, that's tough. And I guess as parents, the temptation is to pull them out of the team and get join a VOCA, but you can't do that, you know, in, in rugby Central Coast thing. You can't, you can't play for a VOCA. So, or Terrigal. No, Terrigal. The Terrigal. Okay. Um, so so they, you stick with your team, but, you know, it's, kind of, it's tough. And sometimes as a parent, you see your kids go through tough things, but you just let them because when you're losing, that means you're defending, 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 defending. So Luke became the best tackler in the whole wide world because that's all they did is tackle and defend. And eventually, move along a few more years, they won the premiership, partly thanks to Luke's amazing tackling. And so he, you know, there, there, was, there are those seasons, but you just, you, something's getting put inside of you, you're learning something. And at that same place, so he's a slave with Potiphar, here's another dream destroyer, temptation. So he is a slave and Potiphar's got this gorgeous wife and she just likes Joseph. Joseph was very handsome. So she is just constantly on him. It says that she spoke to Joseph day after day, day after day by day. Now, he was a young man. I'm sure he didn't have anyone else around, you know. And here's his wife just saying, hey, come on, what about it? But he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. And so he had this resistance to temptation and temp- sin will destroy your dreams as well. And I think it's just really interesting, you know, we, these days we think that it's just sex is everywhere, pornography is everywhere. I, don't, I think it's always been everywhere. I, I think that the devil's just wants to pull down his people in, in all seasons. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, he's Joseph. Every single day he's being tempted with this issue. So, you know, that's, that's hard every single day to be tempted by the same thing and, and to have to deal with that. And, and maybe that's a situation that you find yourself in. And every single day it's like, no, 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 no. Whether, you know, the lust of the flesh, whether it's, you know, sex like this or pornography or food or drink or whatever it is. So let's just say no, get help, because this is a dream destroyer. It's a dream destroyer to have to be dealing with this again. It's like, I don't want to be dealing with this. I want to be doing something amazing and I'm dealing with this. Why am I dealing with this, God? Can't I, you know, I want to get people saved and, and I'm struggling with this, you know, and I just feel like a worm because why am I even struggling with this? So it destroys you because you feel guilty that you're even being tempted and it destroys you even more if you succumb. And then you just feel like, oh no. But praise the Lord, there is... There is grace and forgiveness if we have fallen, and we all fall sometimes. So dream destroyers. Joseph is just going downhill. It gets worse. So then because he refuses her, she accuses him of of raping. So now he's been accused of uh, sexual assault and sent to prison with the worst of the prisoners. So it's just like it just keeps getting worse and worse for Joseph, doesn't it? And do you ever have that in life? If you've gone along for a while, you, you can get to this place where you think, all right, well, I've got my dream and I've gone through this test, but okay, I'm doing all right now. I think I've come through. And then it's like, what? Worse? I, it, wait a minute, God. Like it's bad enough that I'm a slave, but seriously? And I know I've had that. I'm like, really? Really? Now this? Like what? God, Look, God's just... God's just God. You can't argue with him. You've just got to kind of go with it. It's like, I don't know. 
This is a message about dreaming. Joseph's kind of life message really in some ways is to dream with God and to trust God. But if you actually explore his life, it was very unpleasant for quite a long, long time. So he's in prison and prison is a horrible place always. But Joseph was the first of the Christians in prison of, of men of God and not the last. Listen to how many of God's people end up in prison. Samson. Jeremiah, Milcah, Zedekiah, Daniel, John the Baptist, Peter, James, John, Silas, Paul, Epaphras, Aristarchus, Junia, and of course Jesus who was detained for a short time before they killed him. So the Bible makes it quite clear that on this earth we will not avoid injustice. We, will, we need to actually expect it. This is an unjust world and it's going to, there's going to be great injustice and things will not be fair and we will face all sorts of trials and, and problems and issues with the world because this is not justice. With the, the judgment day is coming. You know, you're, you're out in the world, people are doing the wrong thing. You don't sort of say, well, why is he allowed to speed? It's like he's not allowed to speed. He just he hasn't been caught yet and it hasn't come before the judge. So this is an unjust world. And the Bible's clear in 1 Peter, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. Don't think something strange was happening to you. Isn't that interesting? So this is, this is life. This is normal. Don't be surprised. Don't, don't sort of go, why is this happening to me? And, you know, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You can all be in different kinds of prisons. Maybe your prison is just your own body that's not doing what it's meant to be doing and you're struggling and you're fighting sickness or you're in a, a dead-end job or you've got difficult relationships or you're constrained in some way that you feel, I'm not free, I can't move, I'm stuck. Sometimes even you can feel stuck. If something can be wonderful, but you can feel stuck. I, I can remember there was a point in my life when, when <laughs> you know, I'd had my kids and I was ready to go, you know, you get a little bit free, like, wow, you know, we can go out at night or we can go away for the weekend. And then I found myself stuck again and kids and it was wonderful but it was kind of hard and there was some you know there was pretty challenging stuff that we went through for a while there very challenging stuff and I can remember just going why am I here again like oh I felt like I'd just just repeat I felt like I'd gone back to kindergarten I had gone back to kindergarten I, I can literally remember standing on the kindergarten steps having gone all the way through school and high school like just done the thing done the high school done the teenagers all done and I was at kindergarten again and just went oh god I, I just remember thinking I'm here at kindergarten again like I literally was starting kindergarten again with all the mothers except they all looked much younger than me now, like, <laughs> like here I am again. And I can remember just walking home from school one day going, really, woman of God? Like I'm walking home from school again, like, <laughs> and, and all the other mothers are saying, it's so exciting, your kid's starting school, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And first they're all excited and I'm just like, yeah, here we are again. And I had to really be careful of that because, you know, it's, it's ex not so exciting for me, but it's exciting for the kids. And I can remember at one stage naughtily complaining just saying, oh God, like really? I said, I feel like I'm in prison. And the Lord goes, pretty nice prison. And I'm like, yeah, all right, all right, fine, fine. You know, like, because <laughs> most prisons aren't as nice as my lovely home in Israel, you know, <laughs> and the walk to the school. So, you know, look, our prisons may not be as bad as some, but they can feel like it to us. 
And again, we've still got these dreams and we don't know what's happening. So what do we do? We still learn from Joseph because Joseph kept serving and sure enough had favour and was made the, it said he, the Lord showed him mercy and in the sight of the keeper of the prison and he paid no attention to anything under Joseph. He made him the head of the prisoners and left everything under his care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So wherever you are, even if it feels constrained or prison-like, you trust God, you serve God, you do well. That's what Joseph did. He just kept trusting and he kept serving and he did a great job. That's right, I'm in prison. I'm going to be the best prisoner there is. Wherever you are, Wherever you are, you serve God and you be beautiful. And look at Psalm 105 said, verse 17. They hurt, this is Joseph, the psalmist was speaking about Joseph. They hurt his feet with shackles. They put his neck in iron until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The thing is, you know, that scripture, I looked it up, they put his neck in iron there's some discussion on what that actually means because the word neck there is soul. It's soul. So people, like the translators, every now and again you get a, a verse they find a little bit hard to translate. So some translate it as this. They put his feet in shackles. Iron entered his soul. Iron entered his soul. I like that translation. I like, I, I always, if ever there's disagreement, I just take both. I always think, oh, they're both good. But iron entered his soul and the word of the Lord tested him. Listen, God has given you a dream. He has. And your dreams are so precious. But you need iron in your soul to live that dream. You need to be strong to do what God has called you to do. And all this time that you're going through all this stuff is the testing. It's the word of God making you someone strong, someone who can stand up and do that dream that he's given you. It's no small thing to have your brothers and sisters bow down before you, but keep sweet and humble and beautiful. And God had to make sure that Joseph could be beautiful and humble and sweet. He didn't want Joseph to turn into some, you know, narcissistic, unpleasant big brother or small brother wherever he was he wanted him to be a man of God first and foremost so God is testing you and God is making you beautiful and you must trust that it's not that your dreams aren't going to come true it's that when they come true God wants you to be a beautiful godly amazing person and that's why we go through all this stuff that's why it seems like our dreams aren't coming true. But that's why it's all the more important for us to hold on to our dreams because I'm getting strong for my dreams. I'm getting strong so that I can live my dream. I'm getting strong so that I can be that person. Because if, you, if you're not strong and if you're not who you're meant to be, the minute you get what you, who you think you are, you'll, you'll lose it. You'll just lose it. Your character will fall apart. You won't hold on to it. You'll have it for a second and it'll go. And I've seen that. I've seen people, they go there and poof, they fall. It's like, that's not what we want. God wants you to be strong, to, to stay there, to hold on to it. So iron enters your soul. Be confident. Just, just keep trusting, keep serving, be wonderful where you are and keep dreaming. I'm sure that Joseph somehow, I, I, he probably thought, I have, like, this is, this is 13 years since he had those dreams. He probably thought, oh, I don't know what's going on, God. But he just kept serving the Lord and being beautiful. 
and waiting. And, and, and my original message was from prison to prime minister, in a day, in a day, God can do anything. He can go bang and your dreams can come true. He can, he, he's so amazing. So he interprets, you You know, some of you might know the story. He interpreted the dream for the, for the baker and the, and the, who was it? The butler, the butler and the baker. They had dreams. He interpreted the dreams. They went out and told the, the, the um, pharaoh. And actually, they forgot about him and left him in prison for another two years. So that was another little test. It's like, ah. Oh. But then the moment came when Pharaoh needed his dream interpreted. They put Joseph out of prison. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh says, right, you're the guy. I'm going to make you prime minister. We're going to have a, fa- a famine in the land. So you're going to be the guy to, to do all the government work, to collect all the food and do all the, you know, organise the treasury and the storage and all of that. And that's what he did. And that's where his dream came true. That's where his dream came true because his brothers were back in Canaan starving and they had to come and get the food from Joseph. I mean, it's just like, oh, God, you're so amazing. How could this dream come true? How could this dream come true? He's an Egyptian. He's in, he's even, he's in Egypt. They're in Canaan. He, they're not coming to Egypt. It's just God is amazing how he made it all happen and not perhaps in the way that Joseph had planned or thought because when you have a dream, you think, oh, this would be nice. It was all different, but it was right, it was good. And, it was, and there were the brothers just not recognising him as an Egyptian, bowing down and asking for food. And, you know, I, the story is amazing because Joseph forgave them and loved them and, and he wasn't bitter because he'd been through the testing. He, he wasn't angry at his brothers. He needed to love those brothers. Joseph, you know, is not in the direct line of Jesus. Judah is, his brother. It's Judah that was the chosen one to be the prince, the, the one that followed, it was in the line of Jesus. Joseph needed to make sure Judah stayed alive, you know, because that, that line was very, very important. So Joseph was now in a place where he was not bitter, he was not horrible, he was able to, to love those brothers and forgive them and you can read the story of how he did that. He said to them, because they were nervous that he was going to, you know, really be angry. He had power over them now. He says, don't be afraid. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The saving of many lives. So, oh, wow, that's just so strong. Whatever you're going through, can you say that to yourself? Can you say that to the people who try to kill you, to people who've betrayed you? Can you see, even if they won't hear it, can you see this is for good? God has designed this for good. This is good for me. This is good for you. This is good for the kingdom because Joseph was able to save people, literally, physically. But our job is to save people spiritually. And in order to do that, we have to go through these tests while holding on to our dreams so that we can be amazing and we can see people saved so that, you know, someone can rock up at the, at the front door of our church like they did this week and, and just, just rang, rang Linda, said, I, I'm at the church, there's no one here. And Linda says, I'm, I'm actually driving, I'm on my way. She says, I, I need to get born again. And she did. Linda arrived at the church and just led her to the Lord. You know, she just led her to the Lord right there at the, at the, at the where, in the courtyard or wherever. 
Because this woman just went, there's a church, I'm going in. There's no one here. Oh, well, there's a phone number. I've got it, you know. It was so beautiful. And Linda's able to do that because Linda just keeps serving and keeps trusting. And, you know, sometimes it's like maybe Linda could give up and go, I don't, you know, I don't want to keep going to church. I've got my own struggles. And she just keeps serving and trusting because we've got an important ministry to do here. We've got to save the world. We've got to keep going, keep dreaming, dream big. Praise God. Come on, guys. Iron entity soul, keep going. Keep dreaming. Write your list, okay? Everyone, good list. I'll, I'll check up on your lists next week. I just want to finish off here with one final dream. So I looked up Hebrews 11 because I thought, well, was Joseph in the big faith list? And he was. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of of the departure of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Really? That's his big faith thing? What about by faith Joseph was in prison for 10 years and then went was a slave and still forgave his brothers? What about by faith he fed the entire world, a known world at that time and kept them all alive? This is his faith message? And I love this. It's like his final faith vision and dream was for the future was, was, you know, he, it, was, it was beyond. He's still dreaming. This, this is an old man now and he's still dreaming. Listen, dream, dream, dream. But listen, you won't do all your dreams. Some of your dreams, your children will do, your grandchildren will do. That's, that, that game, when I realised that, it gave me such freedom to dream. I mean, it's possible. I don't think so because it's not that hard to see an albatross. But if I don't see an albatross, one of my kids will. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, we've got... <laughs> So naughty. So <laughs> Eleanor goes, awesome. <laughs> like, but you know what I'm saying though? His dream, his final faith dream, for which he's remembered, is that one day he'll go back to the promised land. All that we dream here on earth, like for us, our final dream is I'm I'm going to heaven though. And even no matter how good it is here, no matter how good an albatross is, and I'll let you know when I see one, it really pales into insignificance with my final dream, which is to be in heaven with Jesus and for him to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. But I've got that, but I've also got your future and the future of my grandchildren that we keep dreaming for them. This final faith dream of Joseph's came true. Wait for it, it came true. 400 years later, 400 years, that's how big his dream was. Don't just dream for yourself, dream for the next generation. Look at this place. I want this place to be a church in 100 years' time. People say, oh, we've got a lot to do at the back. Yeah, we do, but we've got plenty of time. It's okay. We're going to develop it and develop it in this church, you know, in 100 years. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is exciting. The dream is not just for our generation. It's for the next generation. That's why it's important that old men dream dreams because we want the young generation to look and say they're still dreaming. They're still moving forward. They're still creative. They're still doing wonderful things even when they're old and dying. It's like right now, the next thing I want with my bones, I've, just got, a, I've got a vision about my bones. Like, really, granddad? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I want you to do with my bones. This is going to be great. I want you guys to, you know, he's... It's awesome. Imagine that guy. How cool. So praise God. Let me go back to that Joel passage to finish off. Let's just shut our eyes. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to be a church of people who dream about all sorts of wonderful things. Praise the Lord. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit, my Holy Spirit, 
We're a spirit-filled church. The Holy Spirit is on us all. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. That's us, church. We're dreaming. We're seeing vision. There's iron in our souls as we move forward to those visions. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.